Yashua, good morning or good afternoon. Hey, Paul, what's happening, brother? <laughs> Nothing much. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Hey guys, you're tuned into Skeleza Africa with a unique focus where we look at Africa through Africans as we discuss ideas, interview game changers, dreamers, explore new ideologies, and dare to inspire action. Let's do this. Stay tuned. Um, today's uh, podcast, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, about religion in Africa. The, the question is, um, how is Africa, um, how is religion affecting Africa? Um, today we have two proverbs. One is from the Zuru South African tribe that goes that that goes like this god is he who is of himself and then there's another proverb from tanzania um they they talk swahili there um (laughs) that goes the spirit is more important than the mental so let's get started uh our guest today is none none other but that yoshua uh which actually means jesus to some extent so (laughs) uh tell us more about yourself about your name where are you where are you from and things like that please okay first of all thanks for having me paul and it's a pleasure and honor to be here and um just to be clear the name Mm-hmm. It was a given name, and um, it he's for just clarity purposes. The Jesus is actually a misinterpretation, a Greek translation of a Hebraic term. That's another story, but it doesn't. It, it, it's people try to interchange it, but it doesn't actually mean the same. Mm-hmm. But um, Yehoshua means salvation. Okay. Okay. And um, where I'm from. I'm from Maryland. I'm from, I was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, and spent the majority of my life in Columbia, Maryland, which is about 45 minutes north of Washington, D.C., 30 minutes from Baltimore. And that was my life, you know. And mm-hmm. um, 20 years ago, I, I used to be a Christian pastor, and I woke up. Wow. And here I am now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did not know that. That's amazing. So, um, now uh, I do understand because we're on a, a WhatsApp call. That means you're outside of them uh, of the United States. Um, do you care to tell us where in Africa uh, you are right now? Sure. Sure. Yes, my wife and I repatriated to Ghana in, in April of 2017. That um, was the best decision that we've ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel like we're part of a, a group of people, a, a, a collection of us or a faction of us mm-hmm. that have repatriated here, helping to pave the way for others of the diaspora. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that we have the all, all the answers, but we play a, a pivotal role, particularly with the climate of what's happening to Africans in the diaspora all over. Mm-hmm. But specifically for us, for those in the USA, considering the violent culture that America is founded upon that exists today, mm-hmm. especially as it pertains to us. That makes so a lot we of... found freedom here. We found liberation here. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect, but we can work together to make the continent perfect. 
Okay. And what was the biggest motivator for you and your wife to uh to be like, hey, um, we're going back to uh to to our homeland, basically. We wanted to uh, get back to where our roots were. We wanted to discover ourselves. Mm-hmm. I know many of the listening audience knows the history of those American Africans, as we call us. Uh, our identity was stripped from us. Like you know, you can say you're from yeah. Mm-hmm. A particular and identify a particular ethnic group, whereas we are mm-hmm. most of us. I would say ninety nine percent of us that are came to America via the transatlantic slave trade have no idea as to who we are, mm-hmm. and um, and and that's been a long discovery. You know, to want to be connected, mm-hmm. we see other Africans in the diaspora, especially in the Americas, also called the Caribbean and South America, mm-hmm. Central America. They still possess a lot of their African roots mm-hmm. and some of their culture. Mm-hmm. Other attributes of our culture, as we are finding ourselves, and thanks be known to uh, companies like AfricanAncestry.com that help us mm-hmm. using science and DNA mm-hmm. to help us discover who, in fact, we really are and who's what's our bloodline. So we're grateful for that, you know. Now, um, you touched on a key point. Uh, uh, being from a tribe, myself, uh, the Kikuyu tribe, uh, there's a sense of uh, pride or when you know where you're from, there's a sense of um, peace and direction to some extent. Do you believe that's, that's something that's lacking or do you believe that's important? What's your viewpoint about it? 100% true. Mm-hmm. Um, given they give you two sides of it. Okay. From us, from the diaspora, a, a lot of our trauma, mental trauma that we see, and some of the, the behaviors that we exhibit, unfortunately, some of the negative characteristics, misguided values, is as a result of not knowing who you are, who we are. Mm-hmm. And I believe once you know who you are, you can know, number one, who your God is. See, a lot of us mm-hmm. in the diaspora use religion as a means to to cope with the missing element of identity mm-hmm. whereas when you have your identity and you know the roots and the history of your identity it gives you greater appreciation for your true spiritual ideals mm-hmm. and i can say the same thing from many here in ghana yes they may know they're from a particular ethnic group or so as some people call tribe but colonialism has done a job here on the continent as well that's true it's because mm-hmm. as many of those here just like us in the diaspora nothing but like black and europeans mentally and spiritually mm-hmm. our ideals and values and what mm-hmm. we deem as important are eurocentric mm-hmm. and what and what is indigenous to us and natural to us has been uh has been made over as something that's demonic or wicked or evil mm-hmm. and who did that who benefits from mm-hmm. that so part is nothing to do to take it away from us and you know there there there's those that are uh, opposed dna for whatever reason mm-hmm. but they're the same ones that want to use these the same scientific methods mm-hmm. to prove they're innocent that's true they want to use the same thing science and technology to use it to prove or disprove paternity 
So what's more important in one's life, especially if you don't know who you are, is to use the science available to to show who you really are. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, here in Ghana, they have two slave dungeons, the Elmina and uh, Cape Coast. It's not, it's just, it's two dominant ones. And they had a door there. Mm-hmm. Door of no return. Mm-hmm. See, the colonizers and slavers never expected us to return, to mm-hmm. connect to our family back here on the continent. Mm-hmm. That's why it was called the door of no return. But part of that discovery is not just connecting to the land, but rediscovering who we are. You know, some of us have multicultural DNA mm-hmm. and some of us don't. But nevertheless, we are family here and that's what we wanted to be because there's a vast movement taking place all over the world of Africans returning home. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time for that. Okay. I, I like that. I like the feeling of that. And I, I truly do connect. Um, in my travels in Africa, I've seen that that um, what has happened is uh, the colonization of Africans is still in Africa to some extent uh, in nice. the sense of... Um, our topic today which is religion so i mean you come from one extreme which is very um, western based or very uh um christianity is is something that's formed um from the judaism um and uh adopted by the um by the caucasians or the europeans and the westerners and it's become uh one of the most uh, influential um a religion or tool for governments um so you come from that extreme being a pastor means that you are truly truly devoted uh, to this other extreme of awakening now tell us a bit about that and also touch on how that um africa uh how you view africa in terms of religion Christianity was passed down to us mm-hmm. so it was something that your family did mm-hmm. and that's what you did you didn't question anything you know the, the rule came up through life through most of us that you don't question God you don't question the things of God you don't question the word of God mm-hmm. when in fact even in the very Bible that the people the proponents of it believe that it says seek and you shall find asking it shall be given knock and the door shall be opened Mm-hmm. You know, and we're, we're, we're not trained or the part of the religious ideology is you don't think, you just believe. Mm-hmm. Even if it makes no logical sense, whereas the Almighty gave us all a mind. Mm-hmm. But we're not challenged to use that mind to reason and think logically, to critically analyze certain things. Mm-hmm. So going through... Uh, uh, this life and, and journey I, I, you know as a pastor I was growing up to be groomed as a mega pastor as you see in America and all over the world I was groomed and knew a lot of these guys personal, personally mm-hmm. and I saw some things that bothered me you know even when I was uh, ordained as a, uh, an assistant pastor I was ordained at the time by one of the biggest before he passed or died biggest are Nigerian bishops in the, in the um, all of Nigeria. Oh wow! Nevertheless, mm-hmm. I saw all levels of corruption, scandal, perversions. Mm-hmm. I saw the manipulation 
of people mm-hmm. for the sake of money. Mm-hmm. I give you a situation. Uh, we had what was called a camp meeting, mm-hmm. and uh, they were raising money. The pastors were in the back of the green room, and I was the young student, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I was at the door, and I was listening to their conversation, how they were laughing and how they were knocking people down. And one of the pastors said, "How much money did we get? Did we meet budget?" The pastor, the host pastor, said, "We didn't meet budget. We we're about thirty thousand short." So one of the pastors said. Hey, I'll go back out there and raise another offering, but anything over the thirty thousand, I keep right. Mm -hmm. He says sure. For a second, I said I I didn't want anything to do with that. So even you do what you know, Mm -hmm. even what you, even if what you know is not accurate. Mm -hmm. So we start. I started my church back around 95 but it's you know I was always labeled radical orthodox it just didn't seem right Mm -hmm. and I remember I was preaching at this thing in 1999 called 40 days of praise you know Christians are famous for these coin phrases (laughs) it was a collective of churches in the mid-Atlantic area Mm -hmm. And I remember preaching, everyone jumping, screaming, you know, the typical, I call them antics now, Christian Mm -hmm. antics, and sat down because I said, I don't feel anything, what these people feel. And I literally, I heard a voice, whether it's intuition or gut or my inner spirit speaking, Mm -hmm. this is because you don't know me, nor do my people. Came back Mm -hmm. to our home church and said, we're no longer a church, we're going to be a learning center. I said, said, I'm discovering certain things Mm -hmm. that aren't adding up. And I want everybody to research. So we started researching. Wow. At the time, we lost like 75% of the members because they could not go with it. But I said, mm-hmm. we're going to go. Mm-hmm. At one point in time, we thought we were uh, Messianic Jews. Oh, uh, wow. Then we thought we were the part of the Hebrew Israelites. Mm-hmm. But now we see none of that is actually relevant to the real scope of things, the way our ancestors lived. Mm-hmm. Because our ancestors didn't walk around with Bibles. Our ancestors didn't go to church. Mm-hmm. Even if one really delves into the scriptures, if that's what they want to look at, the priests were pastors. They mm-hmm. operated in the same sense as like, like, uh, um, ju- like the judicial system, yeah. like the lawyers. Mm-hmm. If you had, if you and I had an issue, we bring it to the priest. If we couldn't squash it based upon our knowledge of law, mm-hmm. the priest would look between the two, measure out what the law states, and make a determination. The people live their lives according to their divine purpose. Yes. So I said this religion thing was made to control us. And if we look at the history of Christianity, mm-hmm. Christianity was a means to control Africans. Because see, one thing that most people don't understand is that what Christianity actually is. Christianity is a byproduct of a culture. Mm-hmm. Christianity is a weapon to wipe out the minds of indigenous people all over the world particularly African people is alien to our soul Mm -hmm. because you can even here in Ghana you have people beautiful black people riding around with white Jesus on the back of their vans on the churches (laughs) and everything and will tell you emphatically that that's God but if you go to India you see Krishna, he looks like them. Yeah. If you go to China, their God looks like them. Mm-hmm. If you go to other parts of the world, their God looks like them, but you come to Africa and they have a white man. <laughs> so when you think the white man is God, 
You think everything white is of God, and you think everything black is of the devil. Man. The play on words, angel food cake mm-hmm. is white cake. Mm-hmm. Devil's food cake is black brown cake, cake mm-hmm. or black cake. Mm-hmm. A white lie is a good lie. Like a lie is not, you know. <laughs> like a lie is, you know, there's a good and a bad to a lie. <laughs> right. Mm. I do see the ideology and the yes. I do see. Um, I do connect. Um, it's more of uh, I, uh, wiping out an ideology and basically put implanting psychologically or subpsychologically something in in you, so that when you do see this, um, you automatically think think this this other way. So I definitely identify with you. Now I'll play the devil's advocate and ask you this. Um, don't you feel that religion uh, has helped more Africans, um, especially when it comes to poverty, just get get by? Because it's become more of an opium for their struggle. Oh, is it? Christianity has done more damage to the Africans than crack cocaine, <laughs> heroin, and alcohol. Uh, uh-huh. I'm going to say it again. Christianity mm-hmm. has done more damage to the African than crack cocaine, heroin, and alcohol. Mm. Okay. Because it takes away your ability to think rationally. You got people praying every day, but their Bible says, mm-hmm. you seek, you ask, and it shall be given. Mm-hmm. Jesus said that you can ask anything in his name and it shall be given, but they're praying for the same thing. And then you have people that think that, that the Almighty is hard of hearing, so they think screaming loud can do it to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I have, I challenged pastors on the radio here in Ghana and even in the U.S. I said, I would give you a thousand U.S. dollars if you could show me where Trinity is. The Trinity is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's not in there. Mm-hmm. There's so many contradictions, but people don't think, because my uncle has a phrase that I use all the time, it's easier to believe than it is to think. It's easier to believe than it is to think. Why? Because thinking requires personal responsibility and accountability. When I believe something blindly, it doesn't matter, because the pastor said that. The pastor told me. See, the pastor has become, the pastors are synonymous, Mm -hmm. whether they call themselves a bishop or an apostle, they're synonymous with drug dealers. (laughs) Okay. Let me tell you why. Tell me why. If if you were addicted to crack cocaine and I was a drug dealer, you Mm. would come to me. People come use crack because it gives them this euphoria to feel good temporarily, to escape whatever they're going through, whatever hell they're going through. And you pay me money for it, and I supply you with a product to make you feel good. So the pastor, he supplies you with a, 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 a imaginary product that makes you feel good for that moment, and you pay him money. You come back each week to get a fix, when in fact nothing in your life really changes. How in the world, on the richest continent and on earth, historically and in the present day, do we have so many people suffering and yet it's already statistically proven that Africans worldwide are the most spiritual people in the world? That is Why true. Why are we suffering so much? That is true. You go to any inner city in the USA, before you will see banks, before you will see uh, good 
some of the uh, supermarkets, you will see churches. You go into white communities, you will see very few churches, but you will see banks, you'll see supermarkets, you see all kinds of businesses, quality businesses to do exchange, but not in a black community. And Ghana is more churches than quality businesses. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of makeshift businesses, but you have more churches. Mm -hmm. You've got to ask yourself why. Because the pastors are the bed partners with corrupt government. Okay. You can't have mm -hmm. corrupt government if you don't have a corrupt spiritual system that works hand in hand. As a result, the pastors are given a prop for that. They're given a perk for that, rather. They're given tax-free money. They can make unlimited money as much as they want without accountability. All they have to do is keep the people in control. And, and, and that's why ministers, that's why politicians go to churches all the time when it's time to vote. People don't see the correlation here. They say there's separation of church and state in the USA. That's not true. They work hand in hand. Now, ooh, question for we you. Don't, and, question for you, my brother. Um, so when we look at uh i would definitely agree with you africans uh, africans tend to be the most religious people um but what about uh muslims i mean like we look at uh africa is 63 uh christianity and 30 uh islamic um is that the same in the islamic aspect of it absolutely Mm, okay. Let me tell you why. Why? Both of them are religions. They were alien to our ancestors. They were colonizers. See, Islam didn't come into existence until 600 AD. So, who did our ancestors serve before then? Many Muslims are, are black-skinned Muslims today in Africa were in North Africa, but they were chased away in the South by the white Muslims. Mm. Arabs taught the Christians how to enslave Muslims. I mean, um, Africans. Africans. Muslims, uh, Arabs were the first enslavers of Africans. And see, and so, and, and, and so they were both colonizers. Mm. And so for Africans to escape slavery, they converted to Islam. Mm -hmm. And most of them don't know the history of it. They don't know the history of it because, again, it's still. I, I, we have Muslims here. We have an area here in Ghana that's predominantly Muslim, but most of the people are poor, destitute, and begging on the streets. And I'm like, I told one guy in honesty, and I try not to be disrespectful, but sometimes when you're speaking the truth, it it, it comes across brash to people. But sometimes people need a good slap. But I said, you're praying five times a day. Maybe if you prayed once a day, the Almighty would hear you, and you would have time to work, and you wouldn't have to be in the streets begging. <laughs> you you I tell mean, it as it is. You tell it as it is. Huh? <laughs> I mean, but seriously, yes. how, how does that make sense? Mm. Um, we, 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 it's no different than um, we have. We all have these colonizer names, like in America. That's why I. I Behold the name Yahushua, mm. but my my surname is the name of those that enslaved my ancestors, Williams. Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. and then you have Africans here. Their surname may be Muhammad, Rahman. Those weren't the names of our ancestors. Those were the names of the colonizers and enslavers. Just like it would be Jones, uh, 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 Smith, or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
So whoever's name you have is just an indicator who owns you, who controls you. Now, so the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Let me break it down like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just interject this quick. Is that when the colonizers came and discovered Africa, they called us burnt face. That's where the Ethiopian name came from. We're truly super connected to the universal God of creation. Mm-hmm. But we were also connected to Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. We call the Father, we call the Almighty Father. But it can't, a father is non so we knew that's why we call it Mama Africa or Mother Nation. Our ancestors understood that. To this day, scientists try to understand how in ancient Kemet did these great big blocks get there to build these pyramids. We believe that our ancestors had such connection within themselves, being uh, in the creation and image of the Almighty, that they were able to do things supernaturally. We didn't adore, we didn't look at gold the way they did. We knew that food was more valuable than gold. We adorned ourselves with gold. We use it as decoration. Mm-hmm. But the white man had it otherwise. So in order to weaken us, to be able to take those things and exploit our land, they had to weaken us. So what's the best way to weaken us? Disconnect, disconnect us from our natural spiritual system and replace it with something else that is foreign to our DNA would not make it too far-fetched because mm-hmm. if you like Jollof rice, Paul, mm-hmm. I'm not going to poison you with basmati rice because you don't like basmati rice. You like Jollof. So the best way to poison you, I'm going to inject a little bit of poison in Jollof mm-hmm. until you become immune to it to the point that you become used to the poison mm-hmm. and don't realize the, the ill effects of that poison. Mm-hmm. So you become used to the poison more so than the real Jolong. That's what we have today. We're used to the fake thing and don't know the real thing and demonize the real thing. That's why we don't have power because we've been disconnected from our source, our tradition, our culture. Now, I, I, I love your viewpoint. I love your insight. I love how deep you got in into this. And um, uh, again, it's insight to me, myself, and I'm learning through you. Um, we're down to two minutes. Now, as we wrap up, what would you leave uh, the listeners behind? What's one thing that you leave uh, the listeners behind with and how can we connect with you? Sure. The biggest thing is discover who you are. We must think as African people, Africa first. It doesn't matter if you're presently a Christian or Muslim or agnostic or whatever a Pan-African is. If we think Africa first, we can fix these ills. We can discover ourselves. We can correct the wrongs. We can straighten up the, the crooked. But we must think Africa first. And I am on Facebook until they put me in Facebook jail. I'm at Yahoshua Williams on Facebook. That's Y-A-H-O-S-H-U-A. And I'm also on Instagram at Yahoshua0563. Y-A-H-O-S-H-U-A-0563. And um, I'm immune to foolishness. (laughs) And and, and anything that propagates sellout type stuff. But we got to fall in love with Africa first no matter where you reside 
and all the other things would begin to work out. I love that. I love that. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in. Again, I'm going to post where you can connect with him down at the bottom. So um, I look forward to uh, inviting you to another podcast. This was insightful. I love the depth of the knowledge. And again, it's also challenging. And I love that. We need to be challenging ourselves every day. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for finding time to, uh, to come on the show. I'm honored, brother, and I'll do it again anytime you call me. Hey, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in. We're going to have some more amazing interviews and content. um, And we appreciate you. Thank you.